Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Yes, a very busy weekend of mixed martial arts action is in the books, and it was capped off on Saturday night, really, really late at night, with UFC Vegas 75. And we'll take a look at that event from a matchmaking perspective. We had a hell of a main event, some great performances, and we're going to discuss the futures for some of these athletes who delivered on. The medium-sized stage, I guess that we can call the UFC Apex as a building. But I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity. You might know him from the hit show Tough Hang, but I know him as my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. Hello, AK. Uh, what's up, my best my my best friend? Appreciate the the Tough Hang uh, nod there. Uh, the show, which again we don't know, maybe on hiatus given news that happened this week. Uh, we're actually still kind of waiting to see what's going on with the, the Ultimate Fighter 31. But yes, I always appreciate the plug. I'm doing great. Caught up with some of UFC Vegas 75, actually uh, shortly before this recording. So I'm somewhat caught up. Uh, but yeah, it was a busy weekend, wasn't it? And I don't know. Again, I didn't, I'll be honest. I didn't watch everything. Uh, Mike, you watched what? Bellator. Did you watch PFL as well? No. Okay. I wonder. No, it's I w- one, it was one or the other. And <laughs> look, I knew what was going to, I knew what PFL was trying to set up. We knew it was coming. We uh-huh. knew we were going to get his face off. We were get some sort of interaction between France and Ghana and John Jones. And the good news was I didn't need to watch the event to see the clip because Jed Mishu was on site. The clip was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I was really interested in was. Larissa Pacheco and how she was going to perform and her fight lasted like 42 seconds and she just she absolutely beast. destroyed Amber Lebrock. So I got everything I needed from from social media and MMAfighting.com. Yeah, if, if you're PFL, I feel like in, uh, I did not watch the full event, but just on on paper, you got, yes, listen, that's that's the two things you need to hit. It would have been nice, I guess, if they got a, I don't know, an, a, a big finish in the main event, but they should just put Larissa Pacheco in the main event. What are we doing, people? They should have put Pacheco in the main event uh bellator should have put pitbull and sergio in the main event like it's just i don't know what these guys are sticking with this bizarre like we have to put the heavier people uh to close the show it's just getting ridiculous it's getting I mean, we like, know what are we we know why anti delijah maurice green is in the main event we know why they oh oh, all right to set up right okay to set, wait, yeah, that's, is that, one, that is, is exactly one, why wait, is one of these guys so is anti delay like well no anti delicia did he make the playoffs no no but maurice green is John Jones is going to be in Maurice Green's corner, so uh-huh. 
That's why they did it to set this up. They knew Francis was coming. They, could, they, I mean, they had this all to, planned out. But that couldn't have been the you know they could that did that have to be at the end of the show? Did that have to be? I guess you run it like a I guess like a pro wrestling angle, right? I guess like tune in next time to see what happens on PFL. You know, <laughs> exactly. You got to have the cliffhanger. Yeah, I don't know. It's so silly. Uh, Delisha didn't. Oh yeah, Delisha didn't make it because uh, the playoffs because um he missed his first fight of the season. So okay, fine. But I still think I wish they'd gotten they'd get behind Pacheco a little more. Not I, I get it. She's not Kayla Harrison, but frankly, like she's somewhat more exciting as far as being a fight finisher. And I feel like there's some star power there. And I don't know. I I, I just feel it's a little disrespectful. She was a 2022 lightweight champion. She's going for a, a featherweight title this year. So I don't know. I wish to give her a little more respect. And then Bellator, inexplicably, the Romero Nemkov fight just because of the heavier fighters going. It's so silly. And like you knew that fight. I guess you're hoping that someone's going to get knocked out, but you know there's a potential for a lot of uncomfortable weirdness. And, well, hilarious. Don't get me wrong, Mike. Hilarious. I love a good time as much as anyone. That was not as high level a fight as Sergio Pettis versus Patricia Pitbull. Yeah, it was, it was very weird because coming in, Bellator clearly had the best card on paper. I would say UFC was number two. PFL was number three. And we had this sort of conversation on the post-fight show PFL in terms of headlines and buzz and what we're going to talk about throughout the week, they won the weekend. Number There's one. no doubt about it. The, yep. the, the Ngano John Jones thing, that's what people are going to remember more than anything else from this weekend. So good on them. In terms of in-cage action, the UFC had the best card of the weekend. They had the best card of the weekend. Bellator and PFL are neck and neck. Because I didn't watch PFL, but it seemed like... At least their main card, at least there were some finishes. At least it was a little more exciting. Like, Sergio Pez looked incredible, and he deserves a lot of credit for, the, for that performance. But I don't know. It's kind of a tough kind of a tough night for Bellator, if we're being honest. Because the matchmaking, the card order, all of it, man. Like, the prelims were good, but they just don't seem to give a, any damn about the prelims at all. Because it's just one fight after the other. No-No Jr., who should be on a rocket ship to superstardom right now, gets a brutal knockout finish. Dude just looked like a million bucks, dancing around. Guy has star written all over him. No post-fight interview, no nothing. They just went right to the next fight, and then right to the next fight. No time to waste. We get 30 seconds at the desk with Amanda Gare and Josh Thompson, and then both guys are already in the cage. There's no walkouts, no nothing. Ah, and then we get to the main card, and Daniel James and Golkin yeah. Saracom is the how first is, fight. How is how this is, possible? How is Naveni not opening your main card? Or Colgan. Colgan Emmanuel Sanchez would have been a good one. Like, put. how do you expect to build stars if you're burying them on the prelims? It's wild. There were also uh, five post-limbs, by the way. Um, oh, two of my which, God, yes. Two of which ended in first-round finishes, which no one will ever see. No <laughs> one will ever see these finishes. Uh, I don't know what if they were like. Uh, I mean, it's probably a good thing, you know. They people thought that the way the the card looked like it was laid out on paper, they thought uh, this Vladimir Guveya was going to like close out the prelims. And people were confused, so I guess it's it's only fair that considering his lack of experience and his opponent's lack of experience, they ended up in the postlims. But apparently, also again, they got themselves a nice little twenty second finish, which again, no one will ever see because it was a postlim. So. It's just, I want Bellator to do so well. Like, I really do. Like, I the Bellator Rising cards, I think, is going to be fun. Yep. And then, like, their stand- next standalone event is that August card, and it's Logan Storley against a guy that could be a- another guy who could be a star for them. Brennan Moore with the story and the way he fights, and 
like how much of a boost he got from that Sabah Hamasi win on CBS, open up the main car, like looked like this is going to be a big year. And they're like, hey, Brennan, congratulations for getting yourself over. Now we're going to throw you in South Dakota against Logan Storley in a stylistic nightmare of a matchup for you. Like, why are we doing this fight? What's what's the main event of that card, though, Mike? What's that the is main the event? main event. No. What? No. That's the main event. Come on. <laughs> it's the main event. Come on, Mike. <laughs> It's the main event. Uh, I, I, I root for Bellator, too. And I will say this. I, I talked to some folks from Bellator. They wanted and they fought for Sergio Pettis, Patricio Pitbull, to be the main event, and they were they were denied. They were denied. I just don't and, get it. And it's such a great moment either way because even, you know, listen, if Patricio had won, it would look even worse that they didn't have it as the main event. But even Sergio winning is a great moment. Comes back from a year off everyone's counting him out. We're all like, oh, everyone's writing the story of, wow, Patricio's about to become a three-division champion. Where where will we rank him pound for pound and all-time when he beats Sergio Pettis? Sergio in his post-fight interview was like, yeah, man. Like Even even I start to think, like, holy crap, can I, can I beat this guy? Like, <laughs> But, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's such a great culmination again of, of not even say a culmination because I think Sergio has so many great fights ahead of him. But, like, I tweeted it, so it's like he's got what Patricio Pitbull he's beaten now, Kyoji Horiguchi, Brandon Moreno. He has a win over Brandon Moreno, and people can say it was before Brandon Moreno was good. Yes, that's fine, but this 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 was in a UFC uh, main event spot, and this is a uh, Mexico City, right? So it's not like it's not like no one knew who Brandon Moreno was at the time. Like Brandon Moreno was a a, a top contender at the time. Sergio Pettis beat him. Uh, Joseph Benavidez. It's it's an, a great run he's been on, uh, again, for a guy who was a blue-chip prospect from the beginning. So that would have been a nice moment to have as the main event. Instead, you get this all disrespect. Listen, love Nemkov. I think he's the second or third best light heavyweight in the world. This was not the matchup for him to be in the main. This, this was the time for him to be the co-main. Um, but what, what are we going to do, Mike? Look, they weren't going to beat out PFL after that moment in terms of buzz. But yes. can you met, like, I think people would have been excited with that Bellator card, had it ended with Pettis' performance, the post-fight, oh. and then him facing off with Patchy Mix. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been a great way to close the show because people are fired up for that fight. And then we had 25 minutes of Yoel Romero doing Yoel Romero, <sighs> and it's almost like if it was forgotten about. Oh, and Nemkov, we don't have a, like opponent for him right we don't we have no, there's no obvious next he wants opponent to go to him. heavyweight he wants to go to heavyweight he knows I mean, he has no there's choice. no opponent for him yeah he's gonna have Who? to go fight ryan bader for the second he, belt he's gonna he's have beat, to Cor- he's beat Corey anderson he's beat phil davis he beat ryan bader he beat ryan bader for he the beat, light heavyweight yeah, yeah right? he, <laughs> and a light heavyweight title fight and now why he has no choice there's no one right now at light heavyweight i mean that's one reason Yoel got the shot both i mean his star power but also there was really no one like ahead of him you really couldn't complain about him getting the shot because nemkov's beaten every other Notable 205 or so. Uh, weird way. Weird way to end the show, Mike. Weird way to end, end the show. Um, I'm on very little sleep, so I'm just letting out frustrations here. Yes, but, uh, please. Positive. Let's turn this positive. Happy Father's Let's. Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to you, Mike. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day to my dad, to AK's dad, to all the dads yeah. out there. My dad, out there shout out to Peter Lee. Thing. Peter Lee, my yes. hero. Yeah. Good old Peter Lee. Real quick before we get into the matchmaking, AK, you made a bold statement. Mm-hmm. A bold statement on BTL. 8.4. 8.4. On the gymnastics scale yeah. for UFC Vegas 75. And again, the way the criteria is, this is not, ooh, this is an 8.4 card on paper. You're saying that if everything delivers and this is the best card it can possibly be, 
then 8.4 would be the number. That's how it would be graded if everything goes right. AK, you got chastised for this. Jed I did. gave you a bunch of crap. Viciously. Even in our Slack channel. Even in our <laughs> Slack channel last night. In the middle of you, the main card. After I heard you, that the prelims were pretty were pretty decent, I heard. That's, people told me the prelims were all drama. right. There's a lot of drama. Yeah. I feel like... I don't know if it hit a full 8.4, but this is like the, is the Vadim Nemkov the best light heavyweight in the world conversation right now? Because I don't think he is, but you can make a compelling case that 8.4 happened last night. I don't think it did, but I think it was close. I think you were knocking on the door. Yeah. And even if not 8.4, let's say like, let's say this was like a 7.6, 7.7. Let's, let's say it didn't even hit eight. Let's say it didn't even hit eight. I still think if other th- certain things had gone, you know, right for the UFC, it could have approached that number. So I think, yes, if this card, if anything, is a testament to the gymnastics degree of difficulty scale. I think so. Jed would disagree. Jed, I think, would still insist that, like, even if, even if, like, yeah, um, let's say, uh, I don't know, Petrosian Duncan had ended in a first round knockout. Uh, Dalby Salikov was, you know, was like a uh, another fight, like fight of the night candidate. Um, it's still like could like peaks at a seven. I would disagree. I would disagree. I, I think most people who watched this probably walked away thinking it was better than it looked on paper. And that's really the point of the degree of difficulty scale is it's sort of to to go beyond like, yes, listen, we know a lot of these Apex cards. If you're just going by on paper, they're, they're out of 10, like card quality, star power. Of course, they're all like sixes and sevens. So the the degree of difficulty is, is always higher than like the what what would the actual result um, could be unless everything goes you know super well which again some ways did it. I, I didn't think that I even said myself the Cannoneer Vittori main event I was like oh boy like this is one thing bring the score down because I was not interested in this fight like at all and it turned out pretty good it turned out pretty good a, a pretty solid main event one fight of the night you got some finishes some standout performances and I was gonna say this for later but Mike I got to shout out some of the old ass MFers on this card because. Listen, we got a lot of cars these days where it seems like some of the older fighters are sort of getting, you know, uh, sacrificed, as it were, for lack of a better term. But you got 39 years old, uh, Jared Cannonier winning the main event, Nicholas Dalby, 38, 38, beating uh, Muslim Salikov. Not, not exactly a spring chicken himself. Yeah, I guess either way, you got an old guy winning that fight. Uh, Kyung Ho Kang, 35 years old, beating a, a young whippersnapper and... Christian Quinones, uh, even Armin. Armin's white. Armin Petrosian, 32. So I think Sabatini, Sabatini's 32. So it's not all about the young cats. Not, this, this is, this, you know what? This is Father, Father's Day weekend. Uh, perfect thing. I'm sure some of these guys are dads. And there you go. Showing off the, the dad strength. Yes. Well, well, let's just start with the main event. Jared Cannonier. I To me, that, that was the best performance of his career. Marvin Vittori rocked him early. It looked like we were going to get a rare Marvin Vittori first round finish for a moment. And... Cannoneer recovers, second round begins, and it is just the Jared Cannoneer show for the next 20 minutes of fighting. Record-breaking performance, lands the most significant strikes in middleweight history. The old record is 186. Officially, the UFC said he landed 241 significant strikes. And Marvin Vittori, tougher than a $2 stake, ate and wore every single one of those 241 significant strikes that Jared Cannoneer landed. Cannoneer gets a big win. He's in a very weird spot right now, AK, because he just fought Israel Adesanya in a fight that nobody wants to see again. And I thought Cannonier's post-fight interview, his call-out, if you will, pretty good. Like, he's like, I want the title, but understood kind of the position that he's in. Saying, hey, something happens. Izzy's going to headline in Sydney. 
if for some reason you can't get an opponent to turn around in time and you need somebody to fill that slot, give me a call. I'm ready to go. I thought that was the right way to do it. To me, this is the easiest fight to make on out of all of these fights. This is easy. I, you've probably seen the listener picks. It's probably the most popular one you got. There's only one answer to this. There is only one answer to this. It is Jared Kennedy versus Hamza Chimaev, October 22nd, Abu Dhabi, UFC 293. There is no other choice here. I have another choice. You do? Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's weird. Like, it makes someone... I, I just... I, I think maybe I'm just hesitant to... I can't remember the, I, the last time I threw out Hamza. It might have been recent. I actually don't know. I, I, I like, When I say I can't remember, I really can't remember. Um, just because I... I have no faith in this guy. Abu Dhabi makes so much sense for him to come back. Cannoneer, you're right, makes a lot of sense for him. He was asked about Hamzat, of course. Like you said, it's pretty much out there. It's it's this uh, very public thing. Everyone's like, well, who else is there for Jared to fight? Because he's fought everyone in the top 10, pretty much. Or everyone in the top 10 is booked. Or both. Or both. And he's fought guys in the top 10 who are booked. So uh, there's not a lot of sense in him running it back with some of these people. So I guess Hamzat's the fresh name out there. Uh, but I just have this weird feeling that it won't it won't fit so neatly. Uh, um, I'm glad I'm glad Jared's open to it, especially under the assumption that should he beat Hamzat, he would be the number one contender. Which again, no guarantees. He should be. He should be. And I don't know about the I don't know about the backup thing either, Mike, because I don't think he's number one on their list. I don't think he's number one on the UFC's list um, as a backup. I'm not sure who would be, but I don't think they're going to have Jared be the first call just because that first fight, boy, that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, the uh, first fight with uh, Adesanya. Um, I did a little crystal balling. I do a, quite a bit of crystal balling, actually, because I actually had had difficult trouble this week. Maybe it's because I wasn't watching the card fully, but I'm going to say he's actually going to, he will, he's going to end up fighting uh, Dricus Duplessis, DDP, after DDP loses to Robert Whitaker. Um, I know a lot of us are counting out Duplessis. Probably it's a little unfair, but I'm a firm believer Whitaker wins that matchup nine times out of ten. Maybe when they step into the octagon, it will be the one time out of ten that Duplessis wins, and everyone gets kind of gets there finally gets their Duplessis uh, Adesanya title fight. But uh, and if that happens, great. I've got kind of a feeling it's not going to go that way, so I'll go with him losing that fight and then having to fight uh, Cannonier. Yeah, I, I just feel like the only way Cannonier gets back to a title fight is if he fights Hamza Shemaev. Oh, I agree. I, I just don't way. think yeah. the UFC. I just don't think the UFC it cares about about Jared Cannonier ever getting near a title shot. So it's not. I, I don't think that factors into their decision making. Um, maybe maybe the opposite. They would think Hamza just needs one win at one eighty five. Jared Cannonier is a great option. He beats Cannonier, one time title challenger. We can throw Hamza right into a title fight. So that side of it, I see. Um, but I don't know. I just don't. I just think. If, I think if he wins any fight at 185, uh, Hamza's that being that they'll they'll throw him in a title shot. But yeah, Ken Near makes makes a ton of sense. Yeah, it's a it's it's an interesting fight. You got to give Hamza somebody. You can't just. I mean, could they just throw him in there with Izzy? I don't know how Izzy would feel about that. So we'll see. But if if 185 is the place, and we're gonna build Hamza versus Izzy in some way, shape, or form, you got to do this fight. You got to yeah. do this fight. And if Hamza doesn't fight in October, if he is not on that Abu Dhabi card. I don't know how I'm gonna feel, man. <laughs> I, like I, I'm just gonna be like, this dude may never fight again because it's been so long, man. It, like it'll it's, be 13 months. It'll be 13 months in between I fights. Will, I will never. The, the peak of Hamzat mania just feels like a, like a lifetime ago. It feels like 10 years ago because we all thought, man, this guy's fighting like every. every this guy's fought like twice in a week, uh, three times in like two months. Oh man, this guy's gonna be unbelievable. This guy's gonna be the next superstar. He's just gonna fight all the time. 
little did we know he would become one of the most active and difficult guys to get back in. And again, I'm not blaming him. I've I've said I have said before that I do wonder if there's something going on on his side. But of course, the UFC, the matchmakers in their side, uh, for whatever reason, can't can't get him a fight. So I, I, everyone takes some responsibility because this guy should be a star, um, and they just they can't get him fights. Mike, how has uh, I know we're do- not doing Vittori, but how has Vittori not fought Derek Brunson yet? How has this never happened? I don't know. It might happen now. I feel like it has to, right? That's I was just thinking because I was thinking about Derek Brunson for Kanye, and, and now Kanye like smoked Derek Brunson, so you never see that one again. Um, so I'm like Vittori, and I'm like, yeah, how? and I, I thought, oh, Vittori and Brunson must have already fought too, and I'm like, oh, they haven't. So Brunson, get on that. I know they've been mentioned before. I think something Kevin Holland or something said they should fight. So Kevin Holland, get yourself a not no point if that happens. Yes. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's go to the co-main event, and let's go to the biggest favorite on the card, Armin Sarukian, who had a very Armin Sarukian fight. First round just goes out and just ragdolls Joaquin Silva, has him on the ground, he's beating him up, almost got a submission, just frustrating the man, wearing on him, putting all that weight on him, making him work. Second round, Sarukian does what he typically does. Goes out there, he's on the feet, he's trying to knock out Joaquin Silva, he's throwing a lot of strikes, he's landing, Silva's chin holding up a lot better than people gave it credit for. And then Joaquin Silva lands the big shot and Sarukian wobbles and everyone's like, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. But Sarukian recovers, gets the takedown, ends the round with some momentum. And then round three, he just says, F it. I'm just running through this dude. And he did exactly that. Slams Joaquin Silva on his head, starts landing vicious elbows. Keith Peterson was all about the nonsense last night, not just in this fight, but in other fights. That fight should have been stopped about 18 strikes earlier, but Sarukian gets the third round finish. Seems like Benil Dariush is the is the easy choice here, but Sarukian threw a little hurdle saying, looks like Dariush might not be able to fight till December. 
might don't really feel like waiting that long. So he turned his attention to Michael Chandler and said, look, as you mentioned, AK, with this whole Conor McGregor situation, USADA, the allegations, what's going on with Tough, all of it. He's saying, look, you ain't fighting Conor, so you got to fight somebody. So just fight me and I'll kill you. Pretty much what he said into a live microphone. So are either of those options your choice for the 26-year-old phenom Armin Sarukian? They are not, but only because last, literally on last week's episode, I wanted, I wanted Benil to get the Michael Chandler fight down the road. So I, I cannot de- deviate from that yet. But if I, I like Sarukian's call out. If I'm any like up and coming lightweight, you know, from the, in the seven to 20 range, whatever guys who are like, you know, not veterans, guys who have not had title opportunities yet, Michael Chandler is the call out right now. Try and get that Michael Chandler fight. Cause it does, it does feel like, for all for all the reasons we've mentioned, man, that McGregor fight is in serious jeopardy. Before before like the Ultimate Fighter started, before these allegations came out this week, these sexual assault allegations against McGregor came out this week, people were saying like I, they didn't. There's no trust there. There's no trust. There's like ah, gosh, is he really going to do a whole season of tough and fight Michael Chandler? And look at him, he, he's he's out and about. Look at all the partying and like, does it seem like he's preparing? So like, it's weird as as we've seen them interact more, like as theoretically we get closer to an actual date and as we've actually seen like connor on the show and stuff it's somehow it's become more and more and more unlikely that the fight happens so all you lightweights out there yeah looking to take a top 10 spot the name in the top 10 to go after right now is michael chandler so i like that i just can't pick it for sarukian because i said i think benil should should try and get that fight um and it's also just a fight i'd love to see but i i understand again if benil's not ready for a long time chandler might fight someone else so Good job by Surkian. But I'm going with another veteran and another chance for Armin to crack sort of the top five, top six. I want him, and I don't think there's a chance either of these guys take it, but I'm waving my magic wand. I want the loser of the BMF title fight, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, uh, UFC 291. I think they should have to fight Armin. Yeah, it's. I thought about that, but again, Surkian just wants to get back. It seems like he wants to fight in October in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. That's what he's targeting. I just don't see a world where... Either of those guys are ready for October, but it could happen. That that that's if it's a wait till December to fight either Dariush or Gaethje or Poirier, some pretty good options. I ultimately landed on Benil Dariush. I don't think Surukin's going to get what he wants, and honestly, I think the UFC might kind of push and prod Benil to just be like, "Nah, dude, suck it up. You're fighting in October. <laughs> like if you if you ever want to get even, you want to sniff what that what that world title smells like." You're fighting Armin Saruki in Abu Dhabi. That's it. And he'll do Otherwise, it too. He'll yeah. do it. He's such he a company will. man. He's such yeah. a company man. But that's that's the fight. That This makes the most sense. Saruki had to go way back to fight. No one wants to fight this dude. Darius coming off the loss. We know the position he's in. He's in that Bilal Muhammad position. This is this is the fight. This makes the most sense. Does, Unless um, something crazy happens and he has to step in on short notice or something. Does Saruki need to keep the martial arts apart, Mike? What do you think? Does he is he does he get a little uh, a little too? Because he's a good striker. That that's what's some part, one thing that's so exciting about him. He's, he he is a good striker, and and you could see intentionally that he wanted to prove on uh, because I guess it was an opponent that's like we said was um, a little bit lower tier than he should be fighting now with respect to Joaquin Silva. It did look like he was messing around a lot. Does he need to keep keep the martial arts apart if he's really gonna you know really gonna be a champion? Not particularly, but mm. I think a lot of people saw that first round and we're like, oh, we're going to get this for three rounds, yeah. which is fine. He's going to win, but this wasn't, that wouldn't have been the type of thing 
fans wanted to see from Armin Sarukian being a minus 1050, minus 1100 favorite. So I actually thought this worked out pretty well for him, overcame some adversity, yeah. got clocked, Joaquin Silva's stock rose a little bit, and then he just got him out of there in the third, got the big finish. I think this was was pretty good. A-minus performance, I, honestly, yeah. despite I, getting hit in the second round. I did like that at the end of the second round. He got rocked, and then he wasn't tentative. He actually got like more aggressive. Like He came out in the third round and just like, nope, I'm coming forward into the fire. I'm like, <laughs> this kid is crazy. Like this, he was not... Maybe he was rocked and just didn't have a good sense. I don't know. But he went forward instead of like, like, oh, I should be wary. This guy strikes now. I was like, no, I'm going in now. And I'm, I'm imposing my will. So what an exciting fighter to watch. Gosh, this guy needs to – I hope he gets one of those big fights. Chandler, Darius, Poirier, Gaethje, one of these guys. Enough enough with him fighting backwards. This is ridiculous. He's, he's a top five talent. 100%. He is a top five talent. Speaking of Armin's, let's go to Armin Petrosian. And yes. on the People's Pre-Fight Show – I made some bold proclamations. Mm -hmm. One was an actual proclamation. I said, the main event will be the fight of the night. It's going to be a war. They're going to get after it, and it's going to be way more fun than people think it's going to be. So I know nice. that one. Well done. And the other proclamation was more of a wish. Please, please, please <laughs> do not give me a 15-minute Armin Petrosian fight. <laughs> so I guess the MMA gods are like, all right, we'll give you the main event prediction, but we're not, we can't give you everything. But Petrosian goes out there. He wins. Hands Christian Leroy Duncan his first loss, and a lot of people feel you, you say this all the time. You go on Twitter and you see a guy lose the first fight. Oh, he's exposed. He exposed him. Churches just looked good, and CLD didn't really have a lot for him. Churches had a good performance. This is it was just a fifteen minute middleweighty Armin Petrosian type performance. So for the first time on on to the next one, AK, it's magic one time. It is magic wand time. I don't think I'm reaching too deep for this magic wand pick based on the betting odds and how people view this. Armin Petrosian versus Bo Nickel after UFC 290. That's what I'm going with. What did Armin do to you to to for this? Why? Why are you doing this to Armin? I got to tell you, I'm a little after watching that <laughs> fight against Christian Leroy oh. Duncan. It. It might not be the most aesthetically pleasing fight of all time. Petrosian wins. Oh, that's a huge win. Yes. And honestly, people are ready to like, I, I saw people say, hey, if Izzy needs an opponent after Bo Nickel beats Trayshawn Gore, let's just give Bo Nickel the title shot. I'm like, are you high? Like you have to be on something to think that there's no need to rush Bo Nickel, but we have to give him a step up after this, like a pretty good one. Towards the top 20, top 25, top 30. I think Petrosian's kind of right in that mix. I think this is a good, I think this is a good fight. I think it's a really good test for Bo to see where he's really at. And if Bo goes in there and runs through Armin Petrosian, yeah, I think, uh, you give him a, you can give him a top 15 guy after this. So yeah, let's give him the Bo Nickel fight. I mean, rankings wise, he's kind of in the range. Like that wasn't like crazy. It, it, it was a name I sort of looked over. Um, but I wasn't, I'm, I don't, I'm not crazy about it. Uh, first off, let me say, I, yes, listen, I've talked a lot of crap about Armin Petrosian fights. I'm with you. I was like, please, God, not in a Petrosian decision. Uh, and I made some bold proclamations myself. They're on MMAfighting.com comparing uh, CLD to, like, the style of, like, Anderson Silva and Israel Adesanya, which I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong, by the way. He's just not anywhere near as good as those guys yet. But he does have MVP, I think, was another one I saw online. 
I'm like, yeah, yeah, that same kind of loose style, hands down, kind of, you know, a lot of feints, a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of probing sort of with the lead hand and things like that. So I'm not like crazy. If you, if you, if you squint, you can see hints of, uh, of those more accomplished fighters in Christian Lee or Duncan style. But yeah, listen, that cutesy stuff, it needs a lot of refinement. Against a guy like Armin Petrosian, who's a pretty seasoned kickboxer. Again, not to be confused with the other Armin Petrosian, but he is a. This one is also a good kickboxer. Um, again, yeah, he just needs to mature. You need to mature if you're going to win a fight like that. And I heard again, I did not watch this fight. I'll admit, but it, I saw a lot of people saying best performance of Petrosian's UFC career so far. Pretty pleasing, like you said, like not not a barn burn or not a fight at night or anything. But I maybe maybe I owe Armin Petrosian an apology because I did see a lot of people saying like you know good performance. Good, strong performance, again, against a guy who who was, uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, I was just going to hit a first-round KO this guy. Um, so, I don't know. I didn't go the bone-nickel direction. I'm of, the, I'm of the sense I just want to keep giving Armin stand-up fights. So, get let's go with the uh, July 1st, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan versus... Uh, Bruno Fajardo winner. So just more, more stand up fights for, for Armin. I get, I get, I get, um, using him as a, as a litmus test for Bo Nickel, but, uh, I'm just going for ignoring contender applications here and just looking for, uh, hopefully another, another good stand up fight. Got no issue with that. No mm. issue with that whatsoever. Let's go to the featherweight division, the most underrated division in all of mixed martial arts. Just so many killers, so many savages. Pat Sabatini had a tough performance against Damon Jackson, comes back taking on the chaotic big finisher in Lucas Almeida, and Pat Sabatini was like, he's the big finisher? No, 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 no. I'm the big finisher, daddy-o. And he goes out there and just mauls Lucas Almeida, gets him out of there, beat him up, submits him, gets it done. It's Sabatini versus Senor Perfecto time, AK. Sabatini versus Bill Algio is the fight I'm going with. Patty Sabs. Patty Sabs making a statement for sure. I, I did not have a lot of faith in Lucas Almeida's takedown defense. And I think I was picked like Sabatini by decision. But I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I just think um, he's a bit too skilled for Almeida. So, yeah, I was happy to see that result for sure. Uh, better luck next time, Mr. Lucas Almeida. I went with a, in a more uh, bizarre direction here, Mike. Uh, I don't know why I landed this. I went through a bunch of names. And I'm like, you know what? Sabatini, again, strong grappler. I kind of want to see him in there with... With Crone Gracie, is that crazy? Is that? <laughs> I know a lot of people never want to see Crone fight again. Frankly, in MMA after his the Charles Jordan fight, I understand that. I think the Sabatini matchup will play a little more into his style, though. I wonder, and or if not, I would love to see how Sabatini approaches that um, that challenge. So, if Crone is going to fight again, I think it'll be Sabatini. I would want to see him in Sabatini. I think that could be fun. I think that could be fun. Trying to put this. I had a lot of trouble this week, Mike, with matchmaking. Let no, me just no, put that no, out. I, I know, I know, I know. This is this is not an easy card. <laughs> I had a lot um, of trouble. That is, if everything goes perfectly, that's an eight point four. <laughs> that's an eight point four fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I agree. That, the more I think about it, the less I dislike it. There is some sense here. Oh my gosh, isn't there? You got me thinking. You might that might actually be the correct answer. Isn't there? Wow. Come back, Crone. Come back. Don't all wait right. another three years to fight. Holy smokes. Well, look, in, in terms of stocks rising this weekend, Sergio Pettis is number one. No doubt about it. Underappreciated, under the radar. 
Dude does not get enough credit. His stock rose tremendously this weekend. Number two for me is Manuel Torres, AK, because that was a brutal knockout. That was a nasty finish. Gets it done. Calvin Cater-esque. It was a beautiful thing. And maybe the third best standing elbow knockout of 2023. There's been some good ones. Lorenz Larkin is still the best one, and people aren't going to remember that one at the end of the year, but you really should. I'm going to keep putting that knockout on your radar so when you're making your list, you don't forget that one. But this guy is fun. He is exciting. What do you want to see next for him in the UFC's Cadillac division? 155 pounds. Manuel Torres versus fill in the blank. Yeah, listen, kudos to the matchmakers and the schedulers for putting this one on the main card because Torres Moda was about your lock for someone getting knocked the f out i mean this was this is two lightweight guys who just go in there looking to finish and in the case in this case torres picked up again one of the best ones of the year so uh congrats to him i want to see more finishes man i want to see more finishes i want to see Manuel torres in more more highlight real fights so on. i'm just sort of in there with uh yoros medich i think medich has never been to the scorecards torres once once i want to say in 15 fights and only one of it all uh 12 of his wins 12 of 13 wins by knockout or submission. So, like I said, we're creating highlights here. We're a highlight factory and on to the next one. And uh, Manuel Torres, get in there with Yos Minich and uh, just try and take each other's heads off, please. I wrote four. I wrote four total words for this one. September sixteenth. Euro Spanish. Cue the music. One. Are you two, serious? Three, four. Friends. Friends forever. forever. Yep, that's it. Damn. September 16th, T-Mobile Arena. There you go. Manuel Torres we... on the Mexican Independence Day card. How did we do that? We had to, we had to land somewhere. I mean, and this is kind Man. of a dart throw kind of a card, but yeah. I'm kind of stunned. I'm kind of stunned. I wish the video wow. was out because after you said that, I was like, ooh, we got one. <laughs> I wonder wow. if we'll get another one here, AK. I wonder if we'll get another one here. This is actually uh, a, Possible. A, a decently popular pick. We go to the welterweight division, the main card opener, Nicholas Dalby, as you mentioned earlier, taking on the king of kung fu, Muslim Salikov. And wouldn't you know it, Nicholas Dalby coming out there and just putting on a show. Great performance. Gets it done. 22-4-1, 22nd pro win. What are we doing here? What's next for Nicholas Dalby after this, this good performance, this nice win? Is that three straight wins now for Nicholas Dalby? That Salikov, is three Warley. straight wins. Claudio Silva. Damn. I keep doubting this guy. I, I'm pretty sure I picked against him. And at least, I, I know I, pick, I picked Salikov to win this one. And Four and sure one I, in his last five. Damn. And I'm pretty sure I picked against him in at least with these other two fights. So, I listen, I got to stop counting out Nicholas Dalby. He's legit. He's overcome a lot in his personal life, a lot in his professional life. He's always a fun fight out there. <sighs> Could we be friends forever on this one, Mike? I went high because I feel like I was like, he deserves a top 20 opponent. But once I made that sort of designation in my mind, it was actually really hard to find someone who either he hasn't, because uh, I was like, I was like, Daniel Rodriguez would have been perfect, but they fought already and he beat him. There's no, there's no reason to go over that fight again. I think there was some dispute in the scoring, but again, if you're Dalby, you won the decision. So what's what's the point? And then and then after once you go past Daniel Rodriguez, you're talking top fifteen, and a lot of those guys are booked or again or just don't make sense for Dalby right now. So I did find one name. My only my only uh, reluctance was I feel like I've used this name a lot, but I can't remember last time. So I'll throw it out there. If anyone's keeping store, score, you guys can call me out. Get yourself an auto point for calling me out. I think you give him Vicente Luque. 
Ooh. Okay, it's not a friend's forever. Oh. Vicente, but that's doo-doo, AK. Lucas booked? Yeah. He's fighting Hotfield Sanjos, main event, August 12th. Oh, I keep thinking those two... Oh, uh, you know, it's a whole other thing. I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> uh, give him the winner of that fight. Give him the winner. Ah, All right. No I'll take doo-doo. the doo-doo. No, 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 no. It is doo-doo. It is doo-doo. But I will just, just for my own, for my own record keeping in my mind, I'm going to, uh, change that to Luque Dos Años. But that is, yes, I will take the doo-doo. Thank you for, uh, reminding me. What do you got? Sometimes in life, AK, things are just sort of normalized, right? You go in there, you have a fight with Muslim Salakov. It's very technical. And it's fun. And, you just want to see who the better man is. But sometimes in life, the milkshake of life, you need to sprinkle on some chaos. And I think Chaos Williams just might be the guy for one Nicholas Dalby for his next opponent. Let's just go out there and do a little Nicholas Dalby versus Chaos Williams action. I think that's a fun fight. Chaos uh, was tested pretty hard in his last fight. Nicholas is going to give him a good test. Let's see where both of these guys are. I think these guys are ranked right around the same. Maybe Chaos is a couple notches higher, but kind of want to see Nicholas Dalby get a little bit of a step up here. Let's give him Chaos Williams. I think so. I have Dalby a bit higher, but right in that same range, though. Um, yeah. I have Dalby like just in the top 25, Chaos right around the top. And again, this is welterweight. Any, anything from like 20 to 35, it's pretty tightly packed together. It's not really like they're separated that much. So yeah, great fight. Love it. Love it. I'm all I'll tell it. you what I had the most trouble with. The wild card round, AK. The yeah. wild card round. I was trying to be like fancy and, and cute with this in some way. Like, do I want to move Marvin Vittori up to light heavyweight? And then nothing really compelled me there. But we're going to do our best here to give our wild card selections. We will match make for one fighter we have not match made for yet. Could be somebody who got their hand raised on the prelims. Somebody who was not successful on the main card. However you want to slice it, AK. So who is your wild card selection for the 8.4 UFC Vegas 75? Yeah, I should have just made it Vittori Brunson now that I think about it. That would have been the logical yeah. thing to do. But uh, I I, did, I do have another wild card pick. Uh, Kyung-ho Kang. Again, another guy. Like Dalby, I keep picking against him. Uh, I think, I think Kyung-ho Kang, let's see, he's won his past two. I'm pretty sure I picked him. I definitely picked him to lose this one. And I think I picked him to lose against um, Donat Bakary as well. But anyway, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know why the student people, I just, I just can't get it. It's often veterans, too. I've been accused of being ageist. So uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> Not inaccurate. I do always tend to say, like, oh, this guy's 33, 34, 35, 36. They're on their way out. This is so-and-so's, you know, their opponent's time to to make a statement. I keep saying that. And Kang Ho Kang just keeps hanging in there. Actually, he's been pretty inactive, too. I think that's the other thing. I'm like, oh, well, how, like, how committed can this guy be to the game? He keeps getting injured or whatever. He just can't get, you know, can't get fights frequently. He's won enough. Again, two straight now. Really, five of his last six. I mean, this is dating pretty far back. I, I am, you do have to stretch back a few years here, but five of your last six, still five of your last six. I shouldn't hate on that. So, uh, anyway, I'm going to him and another old ass MFR. Give me 35 year old Kyung Ho Kang versus 37 year old. Uh, Douglas Silva, DeAndre. There you go. Just get let's let's get listen. Let's get these veteran ban- bantamweight. I think we think of it as a young, speedy division. There's a lot of great veterans in there too, and a lot of great fights for them to have. So I say I say throw those two in there together. It's a good fight. Um, like I said, there, there's not a lot of things that I'm clamoring for matchup wise. Like I, I didn't, there was not one fight where I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see Sergio Pettis patchy mix on this UFC Vegas 75 card. The Cannonier Hamza one maybe, but. Nothing really stood out from what we typically get for wild card. So 
My first thought was, let's just do Jimmy Flick versus Dennis Bondar in a loser leaves town match, <laughs> something like that. And I kind of, that that was like the best I could think of. But then I was like, you know what? Let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's take this a little more seriously. I'm going with Daniel Argetta. He got hosed by Keith Peterson. And look, Ronnie Lawrence got hosed as well. The right decision came to be. Keith Peterson was like, I, I screwed up after the replay, ruled a no contest, completed the right call. But if Keith just hung on for like eight more seconds, Argetta would have gotten the tap or I think Ronnie Lawrence would have went to sleep. So if we just waited eight more seconds, we're talking about Daniel Argetta having a performance, maybe getting a bonus, all of that. So I'm going to treat him as a winner. And another fun addition to this Bantamweight division, AK, it's Daniel Argetta versus Javid Basharat. I think that'd be a fun-ass fight. I got to see these two guys getting some scrambles. I'm ready for it. I I like that fight. I think it's a good step up for both guys. Basharat is, uh, to me, he's got top 10 at worst written all over him, probably top five, maybe a guy who will challenge for a title. But we got to test him on the way up. There's no rush, but I want to give him tough fights on the way up. And it's hard not to have a tough fight at 135. Argetta would be a tough fight. I would probably pick Basharat, but that's the kind of fight he needs on the way up to the ranking so i like that idea yeah yeah javid's got a bit of hype behind him but not so much that if you match him up with argueta that people like oh he's why is the ufc why aren't they giving up top 25 top like 15 guy i think people know he's not quite there yet not not that he couldn't be competitive against those guys now but it's 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 hard to sell him i think but yeah listen he's three known the ufc so far he looks awesome i think i've said on one of our prediction shows or I don't know if we were asked on on Otno Q and A or something like where is he going to be? And I said he'll be ranked I think like top fifteen by twenty twenty four. And obviously I'm not saying a win over Argetta gets him there, but a win over Argetta gets him again that you know stays undefeated, keep the hype going, and then we're really talking about a top twenty, top fifteen opponent. So I think by the I I still stand by by the end of next year, um, Javid will be will have a number next to his name. Completely agree. Do we have any check the tapes submissions or anything like that? Or oh, we I don't know. You know. I haven't gone over, I should say, I have not, like, I actually have quite a few submissions. I uh, I apologize to listeners. I have not looked over them thoroughly. We're kind of going to kind of kind of have to do this one live. And I'll go back and check the tapes of anyone, um, like, if I notice anyone say, like, oh, I called this fight. And uh, I think there's at least one person. I You know what? Let me do one right now. I remember there was earlier this week. John Ray. John Ray. Regular listener contributor John Ray. He wants an auto point for Ian Machado Gary versus Jeff Neal. I don't remember if he's the only one who picked that. Probably not. not the only one. But he's the only one who reminded me. So at least a half point. I, guys, I you if you if I should add to the disclaimer. If you want your auto point, feel free to poke me and annoy me and uh, remind me. Because I, uh, I've i done a very bad job this year of keeping track of previous uh, no selections. So don't be afraid. And, and I'll say this. John Ray went the extra mile. He he sent me a screenshot, Mike. This is why, this is why I'm giving him at least a half point. Because okay. he sent me a screenshot. Some people just go like, oh, I called this. And then I have to scroll back up to the DMs and try and find it. Send me a screenshot. Keep those receipts, people. You'll get your half point. So John Ray is definitely getting a half. And uh, everyone else get a, a sprinkling of the other half who uh, who picked that one. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, divided odd no points going around. Uh, hmm. Two fights in particular that got added to the UFC Boston card, uh, UFC 292. Both women's flyweight fights. Karina Silva versus Marina Morose mm. uh, as MMA Fighting First reported. And Natty Ice, Natalia Silva versus Andrea Lee going down on that card as well. That fight is great. That is a great fight. And 
I a lot of suggestions for both those fights. So the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Do you want to give the usual disclaimer? We'll go to the peeps. Yeah, I'll give a quick, quick little disclaimer here, guys. Uh, hopefully you guys can... Can, can be the only one, one of you can, out there can be the only one who picked a fight, then you get a, a rare, very rare, I don't even know if we've given one out, maybe we give a couple out this year. Very rare, solo ought no point. Please watch out for your mistakes, guys. People, uh, wrong weight class, we see that a lot, I don't know why. People who have fought already, just throw a two, throw the two or three, you know, next to the matchup, so we know you remember. Uh, notable injuries, people who have been released, not fighting in the UFC anymore, fighters who are already booked, I just gave you an example of that, guys, at the top of the show. Uh, People who are who are notable teammates who train together frequently. You know, not to say that guys who train together can't fight, but there's some people who have been training together for years, probably not going to fight each other, etc. Uh, and most importantly, the golden rule. Your pictures might be doo-doo, and we don't want to read it. Let's get into this. Jason, good morning, Mike. Here are my picks for on to the next one. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Cannon Air Shemayev. I'm not going to keep reading Cannon Air Shemayev. I think 95% of people said that. So if I don't read it, don't take offense to it. Everybody said that. Vittori versus the winner of Sean Strickland versus Avis Magomedov. Petrosian versus Shabazian. Interesting. Sabatini versus Charles Jourdain. Nicholas Dalby versus Jake Matthews. A Jed Mishu, former top 15, a top 10 maybe, welterweight in MMA fighting his global rankings. Manuel Torres versus Michael Johnson, AK. What do you think about that idea? Wow, that's such a big step up experience-wise, though. But again, I think they've shown it lightweight. They're not afraid to do that. Like Nicholas Mota fought uh, Jim Miller in his UFC debut, or or, or he was one and zero, like or zero and one, or something. I can't remember. So it could absolutely happen. I I I prefer to just match up with similar experience. But at lightweight, it's so competitive. Like really, you could get thrown right into the Shark Tank, and vice versa for Mike Johnson. You could fight a veteran one week, and you could fight an up and coming killer the next week. So yeah, it's totally totally possible. And the last selection from Jason, I don't know if he's just super high on Amrin Sarukian or just not convinced that this guy is ready to give anything to Islam Makachev, but he's going Amrin Sarukian versus Charles Oliveira, AK. I mean, I want to see it someday. Hopefully not next for, for Charles. Sure. Hopefully Charles gets a title shot, but I, it's not going Sarukian's come for that spot. But I loved uh, Armin Edmund. I actually think Ed, Armin Edmund was a really, really nice choice. Uh, I believe this is John Ray. John, Bukaskis versus Daung Jung. Hernandez versus Costa, because it's not like there's a lot of men's flyweights. Kyung Ho Kang versus Julio Arce. Dolby versus D-Rod. Which two. would be two, right? Oh, John Ray. Doo-doo. It's okay. He still gets a half point. Still gets a yep, half so, point. Yeah, come on. That's a two. Out. That's a two, John Ray. Torres versus Ricky Glenn. Is Ricky Glenn booked? Uh, I'll look really quickly. Yeah. I, some, I don't know. I, I, I don't have time to always vet all these, but I uh-huh. kind of feel like he's booked. Yeah, I definitely have not vetted any of these. So uh, he, uh, No, he's I not. Don't see, no, I don't see he's anything. We've, okay, nothing good. we've confirmed, at least. That's for sure. Sabatini versus Diego Lopez. That's a good one. Petrosian versus Julian Marquez. Sarukian versus Darius. Sorry again, Benny. Vittori versus Brendan Allen, assuming he beats Bruno Silva. 
Okay. What was the Sabatini? Sabatini and Diego Lopez. Saying Diego Lopez. That's a great fight. The other thing is, I want. I think Sabatini at some point deserves to move up, right? I I, I feel like he's getting a lot of. T- he's that guy who's getting a lot of tough fights in the lower half of featherweight, and like he at some point he deserves his own his own shot moving up. So I I, I say this having he given got him the Damon a, Jackson fight. Yes. Damon Jackson might have given him a top fifteen ranking. I, this is true. He did, and he just he just fell short of that opportunity. And I, and I say this also having matched him up with Crone Gracie. So I get it. I'm not exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly practicing what I preach here, but uh, yes, I, I hope Sabatini can find a top twenty-five feather. It's hard though. Again, a, a lot of them are either booked or just um, a little little too far out of reach. I think. Let's go to Tino Modestus Bacascas versus Felipe Linz, Argeta versus uh, Alatang A. Lee, Teresa Bleda versus Mandy Boehm, Hernandez versus Charles Johnson, Carlos versus Charles, Kyung Ho Kang versus Douglas Silva de Andrade with UAK, yes. Alessandro Costa versus Sumaderji. Nicholas Dalby versus Li Jing Liang. Manuel Torres versus Euro Schmedic. Oh, this is like Damn. a UFC fight Damn. September 16th, T Mobile Arena. Oh, Your friends, yeah. people are t- listen, people are talking about it. People are talking about it. That's yeah, That'd be a great God, that'd be a good fight. Nice. Uh, Petrosian versus Mikhail Oleksiejczyk. Pat Sabatini versus Jonathan Pierce. I think this is a popular one. Pierce, I believe, had a. Because he was scheduled to fight Bryce Mitchell mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Evloyev stepped in. I think Pierce has like a pretty serious injury. I don't know 100% what can be revealed and what not. I don't think he's – I'd be stunned if he fights this year from from what I hear. But maybe not. But that fight that, – that's a fight that could happen. And that's a fight I would love to see. Harry, Modestus, Modestus versus the Negu. Negu Mariano. Carlos Hernandez sure. versus Clayton Carpenter. Mr. Perfect. Ooh. You like vet fights, AK. What do you think of this? Mr. Perfect versus Pedro Munoz. I like I? that. That would be like pretty like, I'm tr- let me see where I have Munoz ranks still. Hold on. Hold on. Pedro for me is still like, I'm sure a lot of people disagree because it's a great division. Like he's still like a top 20 bantamweight for me. That's a big, but you know what? Hey, maybe Kung Ho Kang finally deserves that opportunity. Sure. Yeah, sure. I think I have him higher than top 20. I have I honestly, I, I, he's twelve in my US, okay. UFC rankings. Only, UFC rankings only. He's twelve. If you throw in Bellator, he's probably again fifteen, sixteen. But just bantamweight, he's top fifteen for me in the UFC. So I know hey, people he disagree. Chris, he just beat Chris Gutierrez. I know, I know. He went. I think there's a little bit of that losing streak there, and then, but it was all against good like opponents. So you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, Costa versus Victor Altamirano. Dalby versus Chaos Williams. Manuel Torres versus Slava Claus. Good grief! That could be. That could be fun. Petrosian versus maybe the new middleweighty middleweight champ, Mark Andre Barrow. Yes. This if could I be had, for the middleweighty middleweight title. If I hadn't already matched up uh, Bakayo with someone else last week, I don't even remember who. I think a winner of another fight or something. If I hadn't done that, Bakayo was actually my number one pick. That that would have been my number one pick for Petrosian. Sarukian versus Gregor Gillespie. People just want to see this fight. It's never going to happen. Uh, Ken yeah. versus the Costa Aliscarov winner. Speaking of fights that I don't think is ever going to happen, Costa say, is that fight probably up there? Is that fight? Is Costa Oscar? Is it official? What, what's going on with that? It's UFC official. I don't know if it's going to happen, but oh, it's goodness. UFC still promoting it as if it's happening. So, and I hope it does. I hope it does. Especially Hamza Apollo Costa was the fight to make all along. That was yep. the fight to make. Or you could do Paul Costa versus Robert Whitaker instead of DDP. All sorts of different options. But I got to tell you, Costa Eliskarov, Eliskarov, that's a very intriguing matchup. Mm-hmm. Drew 
he's with you, AK. This was one of the more entertaining fight cards of the year. How about 8. that? 8.4. 8.4. That elbow from Torres was like a nuclear bomb. He likes a rebooking of Armin Sarukian versus Hinata Moicano. Might get flamed for this, but I've said for a while at the highest levels, Armin striking is a liability. He has a good left kick to the body, but is severely lacking with his hands and other weapons. Someone like mm. Benny is too much for him at present moment. Okay. Good breakdown. Respect. I like the breakdown. Yeah, Respect. I like the breakdown. Petrosian versus Chidi. Despite Chidi losing two straight, this fight is a striker's delight. Sabatini versus Joannis and Brito. Torres versus Christos Giagos. Dalby versus Nelson. Couple Nordic boys getting after it. Brr. That's hilarious. <laughs> Emoji and everything. Gerard, Marvin Vittori, Hamza Chimaev. What about Vittori coming off of a loss fighting Hamza Chimaev? I just want to see Hamza fight somebody. I just want to see him fight somebody. And I'll, and I'll guarantee you if he beats Vittori coming off a loss, that also puts him in the title fight. Uh, title uh, Makes him the number one contender. They want to see Chimaev fight for the UFC, a UFC title. They have wanted that for like two years, the UFC. It's just things just have not worked out. There was COVID. There was him... If he had beaten Nate Diaz, we all know if he had beaten Nate Diaz, he would have gotten a title fight. Probably at 170 if he had actually made it. Um, but everything was Tom's. It's just so screwed up. No, nothing is easy. A, they would have made a 175-pound division and given go. him the title yep. if, if he beat Nate Diaz. Yeah. Kyung Ho, oh, this is a complete opposite of what you want, AK. Kyung Ho Kang versus Cameron Simon. That's a weird one. I mean, that, that's a middleweighty bantamweight fight. <laughs> They'll be... What, what, I wonder what the betting line is on point deductions because I'm taking it. I'm slamming <laughs> something, it. Something funny is going to happen there. Sarukian versus Grant Dawson, win or lose. Petrosian versus Eric Anders. Manuel Torres versus Narulo Aliyev. And Alessandro Costa versus Jeff Molina. Now, are we banning Jeff Molina from booking for the time being? Is is he is he off because he's embroiled in the, the um, James Cross stuff? He's suspended, isn't he? Because of the James Cross stuff right? or something else. Yeah. Or something, yeah, something to that effect. So I'm not sure what's happening, honestly. I'm okay with still matchmaking for him. I'm okay with you. Okay. I, 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 you never know. He could pop up any day now. But yeah, Fair. I'd love to hear. I really want to know where that investigation, what's going on with that. Uh, Toby, let's see. Dalby versus Ponzinibbio. Torres versus Alexander Hernandez, AK. That's a nice step. Wow, that's one to push him up the rankings. There you go. One way to do it. That's if Hernandez stays at... 155. He's talked about wanting to go back to 145. So, mm. CLD versus Phil Haas. Petrosian versus MAB. Another one. Phil Sabat- Haas. Is Phil Haas not booked? Oh, no. Am I confusing Phil Haas and Phil yep. Rowe again? Ikram Alaskarov just melted him not very long I was, ago. I was thinking about Phil Rowe. I got I mixed up my fills. I mixed up my fills. Sorry. That's a fine. <laughs> that's fine. I apologize. Sabatini versus Jack Shore. That's an interesting fight at 145. Yes, uh, someone else mentioned that. Hold on. Um, is Jack Shore... So Tristan, our pal Tristan Gordet had that as well. But then here's a little note. You know, I'll read Tristan. I'll read, this will be your, your shine this week on the show. Jack Shore might be up for a while and may need surgery due to an injury that has been lingering prior to his last fight. He said he might have re-aggravated the injury during the fight against uh, Mirkani. Uh, definitely would want to see this f- fight in the future. But he's changing his pick to Sabatini and uh, Mr. Uh, Senior Perfecto, excuse me. Both fighters will still fight each other in 2020 at CFFC. The fight was canceled due to Sabatini coming down with an illness. So uh, Jack Shore, availability unclear. But yeah, thanks, Tristan, for reminding us. Possibly possibly more injury woes for him? Possibly. Possibly. Marvin Vittori versus Anthony Smith at 205. I don't... 
That's not a bad one. That's not bad. If Anthony Smith Vittor- keep going, I, I don't mind that one. Vittori's a cannoneer. He's fought a lot of people in the top 10. If he hasn't, they're already booked. So he has to. he's going to have to be creative, I think, with his next matchup. And this one, I'm actually going to... Look, when you follow media members for matchmakers, just remember who you're following and remember this program, okay? Just remember the show because I saw somebody with the audacity to say, you know what would be a fun fight? Manuel Torres versus Jim Miller. That is not a fun fight. I have ze- I, I mean, if there's a number less than zero, I would use that for how much interest I have in that. No, we're not doing that. Jim Miller should be fighting newcomers or veterans. But actually, this idea from Toby actually makes sense. This is the other side of the coin, almost. Jim Miller versus Joaquin Silva. I would be okay if this fight was made. But throwing Jim Miller in there with Manuel Torres, are you insane? What are we doing here? We want this guy to fight at UFC 300, and you want to throw him in there with that absolute murderer? What's wrong with you? Come on. Be better. Joaquin, have him and Jim Miller never fought? No, never been booked or anything. I'd love to see that fight. I That's would love one. to see Joaquin Silva and uh, Jim Miller as I, w- I want to see that fight inversely proportionate to how much I want to see Manuel Torres <laughs> and Jim Miller, which is to say, not at all. <laughs> oh, man. Marcus, what do we have here? Marvin Vittori versus Kelvin Gastelum, but Gastelum is moving to 170. But maybe we just, maybe it's one of those things where we just don't believe it yet until we actually see it. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm okay with making matchups there, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, that that's like the. First, I remember when Gaslam made that announcement. I think we all had the thought of, "I'll believe it when I see it." He likes Sarukian Gamrot two. There is a two there. I thought about that as well, Mike. I they've both fought twice. I want to say since that fight, one of your favorite fights of 2022. Um, it still feels a little too soon. It still feels like, but I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Controversial uh, decision for sure, and and a great fight. But it would have to be five rounds. It would have to be five rounds again, though. That's the only thing why I don't see it happening again is if we only got three rounds of it, it's like it'd be a bit disappointing, seven right? Rounds. You, said, yeah, you want <laughs> there you go. This would be more more rounds for the rematch. Yes, yeah. Do like not less, do not less. Sort of, yeah, do some sort of competition beforehand for like round points. Like, just, let's just have fun with this. That's the best. That was the best fight in my opinion of twenty twenty two. You love that one. My favorite fight. Sabatini Nate Landwehr, AK. I I, I just. I don't like the style matchup. I thought about it. I don't I like the style matchup. Torres versus Muhammad Naimov. Interesting. Nicholas Dalby, Mike Malott. Kyung Ho Kang versus Victor Henry. That's kind of right in the wheelhouse, AK. That's solid. Solid pick. Very solid pick. Robbie, good day, you flaming pelicans. Okay. Let's okay, go. Wait. Otno. Tori versus... We got doo-doo right off the bat, though, unfortunately. No. Some doo-doo. Some pelican... Shaped doo-doo. <laughs> Vittori versus Andre Muniz. Gives both guys a chance to bounce back, but I think it would be worth Vittori looking at a move to 205. You can immediately fight anyone 6-15 and fast track up the rankings. Muniz booked versus Paul Craig in London. That's doo-doo. July 22nd. That is doo-doo, Robbie. Come on now. Sarukian versus Fazeev. Sure. Manuel Torres. Ooh. Manuel Torres versus Mike Davis. That is a friggin' banger. Man, you're Torres right about Mike Manuel Torres Davis, getting a stock up, though. Like these are all great matchups that he could actually get. Like he could he could climb the charts really fast based on these uh, first two first two UFC performances. Wildcard: Put a rocket on Dan Argetta, give him Douglas Silva de Andrade. Bonus: Bloody Bellator bits. The only fights I'm interested in seeing for Nemkov are against the top UFC light heavyweights, but it seems like we got Fedor 2.0. 
And then he says, can we stop saying Romero is the greatest fighter to never win a championship now? He's had five opportunities and didn't do it. More hype than performance since his 2014 to 2016 UFC run. Yeah, I, yes. I, I think that narrative has fizzled out over the last few years. Some people on MMA Fighting might disagree, including two people who current, who heading into Friday uh, had Yoel Romero <laughs> in, in, ranked in the top 15 of their light heavyweight rankings. I'm not going to name names. I think I'm, I'm one of say, them, right? No, you're not. Oh, I pulled I don't think you. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my best friend didn't call you up. Yeah, th- th- it's just not a good division. There's, uh, it's wait, was it a good you? Division. I think I'm one of them. I think Maybe. I'm at 15 because I had somebody else there and then they lost and I was just like, yeah. well, I guess I have to put him there. Like, my best friend, all I'm saying I is I've taken a lot of crap for some of my rankings and I just want to say anyone who had Yo Romero in there, I, I well, want explanation. Back-to-back knockout wins. It was getting a title fight. Like, eh, I, I'm most Name- happy about it. Name one of the people he knocked out. Alex Pleasy. Broke his face. Well that was a good... And that was, that was, that was a stupidly uh, fun fight as well. Yeah. <laughs> Not fun. It was mel- a weird one. It was a classic weird one. Yeah, and people were picking against you all in that fight. After I was. I definitely and was. Then, <laughs> and then Melvin Manhoof, a fight we didn't uh, yeah. even want to see. To be oh, God. We, we end with JD. First of all, thank you and AK for all the hard work that you do. It does not go unnoticed. Sarukian versus the winner of Jalen Turner versus Dan Hooker. Torres versus, oh boy. Torres versus Jordan Levitt. Levitt was booked. I forget which card. Maybe the July 1st card, but he's not fighting anymore. Someone else is in. When you said, oh boy, I swear to God, I thought you were going to say Patty Pimblett. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were going to say I Patty Pimblett. I, I actually don't hate uh, no, that idea at all. Leave Patty alone. <laughs> and <laughs> Marvin Vittori versus whoever sold him those sunglasses. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Wait, what and are maybe, these? Uh, I missed this. And I think, honestly, I, I think a matchup that needs to be made, not fighting, obviously, maybe a, a debate. And I'm not talking about the Joe Rogan RFK debates. I'm talking about maybe a Dominic Cruz versus Keith Peterson debate of some kind. Because I think Boy. those two need to be in a room doing something together. If I, I don't know. As I said, again, I was keeping up with the slack on this one. I don't know if this if this was either the greatest night to have Dominic Cruz on or the worst possible night to have Dominic Cruz on because it was I, I'm to understand it was pretty much the Keith Peterson show in there uh, for a lot of these man. fights and C- Cruz had a lot of opportunities to share his uh, and remind people of his opinions of uh, one Mr. Keith Peterson I'm I'm to understand look if Dominic Cruz reversed positions with Michael Chiesa last night I would have absolutely no issue with what Dominic Cruz had to say. You go back to the desk, you got time between the prelim ending and the main card, a beginning, and you want to ask Dominic Cruz about that, and Dominic sitting at that desk says what he says, I don't have a problem with it. But as a color commentator, wearing the headset, calling fights, I'm not a fan of it. Mm. I'm not a fan of it. The commentary was, Cruz is not great. Main event, I thought they did a great job. Brandon Fitzgerald's the man. Love that guy. I think he, he does... A really good job, Felder. Have you, did you see Paul Felder last night? That dude is. He said he he's fight a, svelte. Whatever he's doing, the triathlon stuff. He looks friggin' incredible. <laughs> he looks. He could fight at bantamweight right now, and it would not surprise me. Dude looks looks incredible. So good for him. Yeah, Cruz is rough, man. Cruz is rough. You gotta you gotta pick your spots for that stuff. And doing it 
in the middle of a broadcast as we're trying to figure out what's going on because there's so many people like confused on what was happening, why it was happening. And instead of getting explanations, we were getting some of it. Brennan Fitzgerald was the guy giving it to us, which probably shouldn't be that way. It probably should be one of the ex fighters, one current fighter giving us this explanation, but Brennan Fitzgerald did. That was not the time. That was not the time to, to plant your flag about Keith Peterson and how bad of a referee you think he is and he's not a very good referee he had a rough night last night but come on not the time to do it not the place and, to do it and, and this is in the apex where uh he probably keith peterson could probably hear some of the uh junk that was being said from the uh commentator's booth i imagine and i get like look keith gets properly bashed for some of the decisions he makes and sometimes he does a really good job sometimes he is mr no nonsense and he's taking points and he's doing things the right way I felt bad for him last night. Dude made a mistake, saw the replay, didn't argue it. And when he was raising the two hands for the no contest, that dude looked like he was going to cry. I felt bad for him, man. I felt for him. It's not an easy job. I know we rag on him. That, the judging, thankless jobs. You get crapped on for the bad decisions. You very rarely get praised for a good one. Tough night for Keith Peterson. And I felt bad for him in that moment. Don't complain to Keith about them. Oh, you cost one of these guys half of their, you know, money. It's like, listen, complain to the UFC. Send your letters to the UFC and Dana White about the pay structure. It's not Keith Pearson's fault. I get it. He's responsible in this one circumstance for uh, Dan Aguilera or Ronnie Lawrence, you know, not getting the chance to go all the way and and possibly earn a win bonus. But the win bonus show, uh, win show uh, structure sucks. And that's not Keith Peterson's fault. So if, if you're mad about the Keith Peterson thing, Go ahead, send him whatever, an angry message, and then send an angry message to the UFC and Dana White and the guys who are responsible for this uh, pay structure because it's terrible. It's yes. terrible. So, AK, have at it, my man. All right. We got a few here. Uh, Dax at Pike Putt wanted to talk about uh, a little bit of Bellator. I, apparently, Dax was in the building. They say, I know you don't take Bellator picks, but I have one. Uh, this Norbert fella versus Johnny Eblen way too soon, first of all. Secondly, Dax says... Norbert would open as plus 150. I think he would be much... There's a lot of respect for Johnny Evelyn out there. I think Norbert would be plus 300 at least, underdog. Right, Mike? He's not... No. You think he'd be no, closer? I don't think so. I don't you think, think he's so. That, he's that, he's that, like, uh, that legit right now? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. If he opened as a plus 300, Nono Jr. would get a lot of money put on him. Would you... Would you so, you, so again, I, I, I know... I, I don't know a lot of Norbert outside of some highs I've seen. He, you think he's like, he, he could legit like, like maybe one win away. So here's, here's where Bellator is going to be tested because they have something here. I like, there's two guys that I've been really high on for a long time. And I, I don't know if I was like, I, but I was definitely one of the early media members on both these guys, Sarukian and Nono Jr. Those two guys at worst, Norbert Novenu Jr. is the fifth best prospect, not in Bellator, in all of MMA. Ooh. And he's pro and that's and that's at worst. I would put him maybe behind Usman or Magomedov. That's how high I think wow. he is. Wow. Like I don't know if I like I think Usman's young enough to kind of, I know he's a champion. I think he's still kind of at that age where you can consider him a prospect. I think Sarukian not really anymore because he's twenty six. I think there's a cutoff there. No no, I believe is like twenty three. So he's just getting going, and he's already got the foundation that's there. Bellator could build this thing, could start building this thing up right now. 
I'm not saying these two should fight right now. Mm-hmm. But by the end of 2024, these two guys could fight each other. Yeah. No, no junior could fight three more times. Eblen probably going to beat Fabian Edwards. He'll fight once one or two more guys. Norman Nervenny Jr. I would pick Norman Nervenny Jr. to beat a lot of the middleweights at in Bellator right now. Wow. I don't know if I'd pick him to beat Johnny Eblen, but if you gave me No No Jr. at plus three hundred against anybody, I'm t- I might actually come out of MMA gambling retirement and just put a small <laughs> shekel on that price because right now I would probably pick Johnny Eblen to win that fight, but Norman Nervenny Jr. is competitive with Johnny Eblen right now. He is competitive. Damn. That fight is interesting. And to me, as far as future Bellator matchups, this is the most intriguing build to a fight that Bellator has in front of them right now outside of outside of Usman Magomedov, AJ McKee. If this lightweight Grand Prix plays out and those two are in the finals, that's massive. It's going to be a very big deal. But other than that, golly, Evelyn, Nono Jr., for the middleweight title, end of 2024, early 2025, sign me the hell up. But yes, I, I, I like I like where your head's at. It's, just, it's too soon. You can't do that right now. That was a great, by the way, that was a great selling of Eblin, of Norbert. So hey, Josh Thompson, if you're out there, you happy now? You happy now? Listen, there's your, there's your belt. That was free belt tour that's promotion. One that's one thing you Josh and I agree on. Yeah. We were, we were, we have both been on no, on no, no okay. junior from Good. jump street. So he, we're, we're on the same page here. You're on the same page. That was a free promo belt. That was a free promo courtesy of my best friend, Mike Heck. So just cause he looks they like, they know White. how I feel. Yeah. They know he how acts I feel. like Dana White. Uh, <laughs> and let's not forget also, let's not forget that, uh, Beltor goes to Italy pretty regularly. So I'm just saying, it's just saying it'd be a great place to have a, a middleweight title fight, you know? Uh, uh, Dax also says, Cannoneer, the loser of this fight, looking like, oh, no, no, tried, tried to make a prediction ahead of time. Thought that Cannoneer was going to lose. Said the loser of this fight, looking like Cannoneer, well, it turned out to be Vittori, needs to fight for the middleweightiest middleweight title versus Brendan Allen when he when he beats uh, Bruno Silva next week. So calling their shot, though. So technically Vittori versus Brendan Allen, I guess, which I think is possible. And they, they noted um, that they were at Bellator, and they said watching this card on TV was better than being at the Bellator show. So, ouch. So, really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a Sometimes, lot, man. Yeah. It's just a lot with the post. There's too many fights. 15, 15 is too many. Imagine it's too many for, for the, the UFC. Imagine if you stayed for the post limbs. Imagine, yeah. imagine if you're the, the family member of one of those fighters and you're like, you got, you had to stay. It's too much, man. 15 is too Bellator should have, <laughs> Bellator should have no more than 10 fights. 10 is like the absolute max. Get in there, six prelims. You just bang them all out. Or just slow it down so we get to know these fighters a little bit more. And then do the four-fight main card. Like, 15 is way too many. There was going to be 18 fights on this card, AK. We lost three, like, Monday. 18 fights. Can you imagine? We would have had eight post limbs. AK, eight. You're muted. But we would have had eight post limbs. Yeah, Austin Vanderford was supposed to be on there. And uh, yeah, we, we and missed that on that one. one so. of, that was one of the interesting, like, really interesting fights on the card. But I digress. Uh, Eric Boshane has messaged me before, but first time sending in auto picks. So welcome to the party, pal. Uh, Ken Nir Shemaev, Sarukian, Chandler, given recent circumstances. Petrosian Pfeiffer. Petrosian Pfeiffer. Did, did, what, did you get one of those? Did you get a Petrosian Pfeiffer? I thought about that. Pfeiffer posted on Instagram recently that he had some some surgery. So I, I, I have no idea what that entails, how long he's going to be out for. So if it's a short 
if it's just like a surgery that's only going to take three or four months to get back, sure, I'm down for that. But yeah, Pfeiffer, Nickel, one of those guys that they are pushing, this is a good next step for either guy, I think. I hope Petrosky just spoils it for everyone. I hope Petros- I like Petrosky. I hope he. Uh, I hope he like. I feel like he's not getting talked about enough, but just because, dude, he's getting UFC believes they're giving him the G- the Gerald Mearshart test, just mm. like they did with Joe Pfeiffer. So, all right, all right. I think he's getting lost in the shuffle. I like Petrosky. Uh, Ken Near, uh, sorry, this is from SST. Ken Near, Rob DDP loser, but like me, essentially assuming Drickus because he says uh, Whitaker is about to make Drickus look like Looney Tunes. So, there's a prediction there. Sabatini versus Geronison Brito, Dalby versus Jeremiah wells and said sleeper solid card 8.4 that's all i gotta say uh german likes the idea of sirkion dariush petrosian versus oloksaychuk yes yes i like that i don't know why i hadn't thought i guess because oloksaychuk's coming off a loss um but i could totally see that happening alessandro costa versus malcolm gordon sure sure Four Corner Sports. uh let's see see ones we haven't read before joaquin silva terrence mckinney like what's going on with terrence mckinney does he not have a uh, fight? He's, he's, been... he's booked. He is yeah, booked. This is a doo doo pick. This is a doo doo pick. Oh, Nassim Sadakov, July fifteenth. Four yep. Corner Sports. I'm sorry, it's a bit of doo doo for you. Armin Petrosian, Kyle Braille, Part Two. Wait, why? Hold on. No. What? <laughs> why? Why? Like, I'm glad he remembered the two, but like that's almost makes it more confusing. Like that fight if, if it... happened less than a year ago. That would happen nine months ago. If he had said Petrosian Bahalio, I would have just been like, oh, he just forgot like the fight happened. And that would have made more sense than wanting to see them run it back. Oh, my gosh. That's July. Wow. July 2022. I mean, I guess it's a, I, Dude, I, I, a coming off of a, of a finish. It wasn't like a particularly Let's... close fight. If I remember, it was not like a super, pretty memorable fight, but it wasn't close. No, I think Four it was 3027. 30-20, DM, DM me later. Explain yourself, please. Uh, our pal <laughs> Tok Gerding Jensen, uh, Tok Gerding Jensen, excuse me, Tok. Uh, Dalby should welcome Gosselin at 170. There you go. Uh, other picks: Surukian Fazeev, Crystal Ball pick, Manuel Torres, Gregor Gillespie. So there you go. So I'm bringing out Gregor Gillespie, kind of in a. I wouldn't expect it that one. If you're Manuel Torres, that'd be a great fight to get. Thomas Collins. What do we got here? Modesto Spukaskis, Devin Clark, Armin Petrosian, Jacob Malkoon. So middleweighty. My goodness. Nicholas Dalby, Alex Morano. Man, have they not fought or been booked? That's a good fight. That's a good fight. No, I seem I'm seeing nothing. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. I thought about that. And uh, last one from Twitter. Annie Gulapali. Something new here. Sukyan, Gamrot. That's a two. Annie, that's my that's Mike's favorite fight. How can we not put a two next? No, that is. Just, I don't on, know. Ani. I don't know You're if like I should a read. Loyal <laughs> heck of a, lo- of a morning listener. This is. I don't know on. if I should read the rest of these. Um, Bukaskis <laughs> versus Philip Linz or the winner of Roundtree Doc. Is Roundtree Docus didn't get rebooked, did it? It did. It, it did. did. Oh, um, when are we seeing that? When does that happen? August. I like that matchup. August twelfth. Correct. You are correct. So, is this just an apex card? Yes, I believe so. August twelfth. Yeah. And Dalby versus uh, Brian Barberina, win or lose in his next fight against his weird like middle fight fight he's taking against uh, Muradov. Yeah, Dal- did they not fight? My brain is so mashed right now. Um, Who is this? Dalby and Barberina. No, they have not fought. That that seems like a fight that that happened or was booked, but it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> we've been doing the show for too long, Mike. All right, I'll quickly go to Instagram. There's only a couple people on here. Uh, who do I got here? 
<laughs> Martin Grisham saying, it wouldn't surprise me if they got desperate to find an opponent for Izzy and just booked Izzy versus Ken near two. So I kind of like what you're saying. It, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. He is the backup for, I mean, he doesn't even have an opponent for that for Sydney yet, but uh, they find someone for an opponent and then have Ken near in the back pocket. Uh, one outs MMA on Instagram. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, Armand versus the winner of Hooker versus Turner. Uh, some a- animosity between Dan and Armand in the past. There you go. Some heat there. Uh, Marcus, you read, and we'll end with Matt Bradbury. Uh, another Bukaskas versus Linz. Sure. Kang, another Kang versus Victor Henry. I like it. Another Dolby versus Murano. Manuel Torres versus John McDessey. Sure, sure. Uh, Armand Petrosian, Chidi, and Jukwani. I actually really like that one. They're actually pretty close together in my rankings. And. Jared Kanye, Shemaev, Marvin Vittori, Alan Silva, winner. So, solid, solid, solid rounds of picks overall, guys. Uh, just a little bit of doo doo, but hey, I had some doo to myself earlier. So, uh, that that is life, guys. Uh, please keep sending in your picks. You can get me on Twitter at Alexander K Lee on Instagram at Alexander K K Lee and email Alex Lee at SBNation.com. So let me just throw out a little disclaimer for next week because. There is a very real world where AK and I are going to record the show after the card. Ooh. There's a very real world because we're getting an ABC card, baby. UFC Jacksonville, ABC, which means noon Eastern prelims, 3 p.m. Eastern main card. That scratches me right where I itch after a six-fight main card at the Apex with that started at 10 p.m. Eastern. This is the makeup and it's actually a pretty darn good card. We got Josh Emmett, Ilya Taporia, big fight at 145 in the main event. Amanda Hebas, Macy Barber, big one at 125 in the co-main event. The We have a title fight in the feature bout. Brendan Allen puts the middleweighty middleweight title on the line against Bruno Silva. David Onama is back against Gabriel Santos. Cody Brundage versus Cedrique Dumas. Tetsuro Tyra is back, AK. Against Clinton Rodriguez, Matush Rebecki versus Loik Radzaboff, Tabitha Ricci versus Jillian Robertson, AK. Love this it. is happening Love on it. the card. Love it. Neil Magny versus Phil Haas. I mean, Phil Rowe. Haha. Justin Taffa versus Jacksonville's own Austin Lane, former NFL player. Randy Brown on this card against Wellington Terman. Jamal Emmers is back against Jack Jenkins. Great fight. Trevor Peak against Chepe Mariscal. Trevor Peak is supposed to fight Victor Martinez. And Zalgas Zumagulov will hopefully make the walk with that new hairstyle. He was supposed to fight on Saturday's card. He did not. He will face newcomer and very exciting flyweight prospect, Josh Van. Great fight. Josh is really good. He's supposed to fight in the contender series. Gets the call up. This card's pretty solid. What do you think, AK? What, what, is this going to beat an 8.4 on the... I mean, you don't have to give your answer now, but is this is this better than an 8.4 off the top of your dome? Mike, solid card. Early start time. Jacksonville. There's really only one word I have to describe my feelings about this. Duval! <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited for this. All of it, All of it is great. All of it is great. But then... We get to look forward to another Apex card headlined by Sean Strickland, Avis Magomedov. But that's July 1st. This is UFC Jacksonville. A lot of people asking if I'm going to this card. Up in the air. 
if I go, it will not be for the entire week. It'll just be for fight day, but still up in the air. I would say 40-60 that it's happening, but who knows? Maybe I'll get the call and it's only a couple hour drive. Be happy to go and make a day of it. So I'll let you guys know either way. AK, thank you very much. Again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Back next week to recap UFC Jacksonville from a matchmaking perspective. And always remember the golden rule, everybody. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we will have more fun right here next Sunday, maybe next Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen, right here and on to the next one, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.